Welcome into another edition of Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by The Average Joe, yours truly, for The Average Joes out there listening. And we're talking all things Detroit sports, including Michigan and Michigan State sports. But on today's episode of Gibbs Knows Best, we're talking specifically about the Detroit Lions and their big win against the Chicago Bears this past Sunday. And I, I just I thought it was appropriate, guys. The Lions, they, they fire Matt Patricia. After Sunday, or not after Sunday, after Thanksgiving's loss against the Houston Texans, and 10 days later, they come out and get a big win against a divisional opponent. And may I point out, it's the first divisional win the Lions have had since the 2018 season. And I I just feel like it's appropriate that we show Daryl Bevel a little bit of love here on the podcast today, because this guy was not in an ideal situation to say the least and he gets put in a position where he becomes the interim head coach and he he said it best when they talked to him after Patricia was fired this is my five game audition and we're going to take it game by game and we'll go from there this is my chance to prove something and man did he prove something well did that team prove something a a team that showed little fight over their last two losses of the Patricia regime where they lost to Carolina and where they lost to Houston A, a team that really looked like they had given up on their head coach and that entire coaching staff as a whole in those two games and they come out with their backs against the wall against Chicago in the fourth quarter down 10 they come back they win that game despite everything that happened despite the defense looking like trash once again, despite uh, a costly turnover by Stafford in the fourth quarter. The defense, it was it ended up being the defense that made the plays to win that game against Chicago. And all the credit to Daryl Bevel for getting those guys up, getting them energized, getting them focused, and getting them ready to play a big game against a divisional opponent. And gosh, next week... An even tougher matchup against another divisional opponent. They'll play the Green Bay Packers. Their last four games of the season are god-awful. And we'll talk about it with a few different guests on the show today. I'm going to have Tony Dombrowski on to start the show. Tony does an awesome job with recap videos. Everything you want to know about Detroit sports, you can find Tony on Twitter. He is He's a rising star in the media industry. And I, I think this is a kid that's going to do really well once he gets out of college and finds a job somewhere. He's He knows his stuff, and that's why I feature him on the podcast quite frequently. Another guy we'll have on the podcast today, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader over at Pride of Detroit. SB Nation's affiliate for the Detroit Lions. They do an awesome podcast over there as well. The Detroit POD cast where they cover all things Detroit Lions, recaps of games, and they do special interviews even on their podcast with different people. So something you might want to check out there as well. Logan Lamarandier will join me, Lions Insider, another guy that just puts out quality content on Twitter about the Detroit Lions. And I'll have, well, we'll plug all of those guys as the podcast goes along today so you know where to find them on social media and where to find their content. But back to the Detroit Lions. In all Detroit Lions podcast special here today on Gibbs Knows Best, I thought Matthew Stafford played fantastic on Sunday. 400 yards, three touchdowns in the game despite the costly turnover in the fourth quarter. I thought the defense stepped up and made a couple really big plays. One guy I really want to highlight today, and we'll talk with everybody about him, Romeo Aquara, the defensive end for the Detroit Lions. This guy, I mean, nabbed off of a practice squad from the New York Giants a couple years ago and all he's done he's come here and he's been one of the best one of the most productive players on this defense over the past few seasons now and he made the big play in the fourth quarter stripping the ball away from Mitch Trubisky late in the game giving the Lions offense 20 yards of field to work with in order to score to go up and that's exactly what happened and then the fourth and one stop Kevin Strong coming off the practice squad to play interior defensive line makes the big stop on fourth and one to seal the deal late in that fourth quarter so some really big plays by the defense down the stretch after giving up 23 points in the first half against a putrid Chicago defense to say the least and I'm really wondering what's next for Matt Nagy here because the Bears, I mean, they started the season 5-1 and one and they brought in Nick Foles against Atlanta and it just felt like that was the move at the time. I mean, he brought them back against Atlanta and they went on to win 
three or four more games there, and now they've lost their last six straight games. And I, I just wonder what's next for this guy, considering you look at his first season with Chicago, and, I mean, they were so good. The defense was dominant, and the offense was good enough. That was the whole thing. The offense was never you know, lighting up the scoreboard by any means. Mitch Trubisky played well. He was efficient. He was a game manager, but now he's not even that anymore. And I don't think Nick Foles is that guy either. So who do you go with at this point if you're Chicago? And I I think Matt Nagy, that game might've sealed his fate as the head coach for the Chicago Bears. They might be heading back towards another rebuild. And the Lions finally get a division win that's that's so important in my eyes and it's 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 really important for the morale of this team how they played on Sunday and moving forward the last four games of the season for the Lions are absolutely brutal though I mentioned they're playing Green Bay this weekend and then they go on to play Tennessee Tampa Bay and they finish the season against a Vikings team that's started the season very poorly and all of a sudden they're playing great football Kirk Cousins isn't turning the ball over as much. The running game is going. Dalvin Cook is obviously one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he continues to prove that week by week. And it's a team that the Lions really struggled against just over a month ago. And we'll see what happens with this team. By no means am I sitting here saying I think the Lions are going to win their last four games and go on to make the playoffs. But I think they're going to be much more competitive in these games than they were in the last few games with Patricia. I think they're going to show some fight. I think they're going to manage to stay in some of these games. And who knows what happens at that point? Who really knows what happens at that point? Daryl Bevel is the head coach here. And I'm going to ask every one of my guests today, what, what are these... What do these last four games mean for Bevel? What does it take for him to come back next year and be on Detroit staff in some capacity, whether it's the head coach or the offensive coordinator role? Because we know there's changes coming to Detroit. They're going to have to hire a new general manager. There's talks about what's going to happen with the organizational flowchart. That's words from Sheila Ford. And what's going to happen with the next head coach here? And where do they go? Is Stafford coming back? There's a lot of questions to be asked. And there's a lot of there's a lot of answers answers we need still as fans and it's an interesting spot that the Lions really do sit in right now because you look at they're five and seven they're technically still in the hunt for a playoff spot with the expanded playoff picture this year in the NFL also if they lose these last four games they finish the season five and eleven, and they probably have a top six or seven pick. So <laughs> they're just they're hanging right there in the balance. So there there there's two roads we're going to go down, and I think it's going to be fun to see these last four games of the season. I really do, and I think that from a fan standpoint, you really got to try and sit here and enjoy these last four games, and honestly, just appreciate the fact that we made it through a sixteen game schedule this season, considering the circumstances of twenty twenty COVID, all all of the other factors included there really don't need to get into that because we've all been going through it for the past eight or nine months now but that's the podcast today everything Detroit Lions we'll talk with Tony Dabrowski next here on Gibbs Knows Best all right welcome back to Gibbs Knows Best a podcast by the average Joe for the average Joes talking all things Detroit sports Michigan and Michigan State sports as well and On this very special edition of Gibbs Knows Best, we're talking all things Detroit Lions specifically. And, I mean, that has everything to do with the fact that there was no Wolverine football over the weekend. And you could say that Michigan State played a football game, but I wouldn't call it football what they played on Saturday against Ohio State. So we're sticking with all things positive here on today's show. And what's more positive than Daryl Bevel getting his first win as the Detroit Lions head coach and with me right now Tony Dombrowski big Detroit sports fans you can you can follow him on Twitter at Tony Dombrowski making recap videos for all Detroit sports teams uh, anything Detroit sports related news anything Tony's on top of it and he makes videos and you can find him on Twitter Tony how you feeling after Sunday's win well, first of all, Travis, thanks for having me on again. It's great to be here. It's good to talk to you again. Um, you know, I mentioned this on my Twitter page after the win. And it, this team's not going anywhere, you know, even though they're only one game back of the playoffs. This team's not going anywhere. I mean, that, that defense is still a complete train wreck to allow Mitchell Trubisky to look like a good quarterback against you. Uh, this team's not going anywhere, despite the fact that they're one game back of that final wild card spot, I believe. But, I mean, that was still, I thought, a nice win for this football team because 
you know, all week we heard interim coach Daryl Bevel talking about how he just wants the guys to play more loose um, and just to have more fun on the football field because while he wasn't taking direct shots at his former boss, at head coach Matt Patricia, you know, he mentioned several times how he alluded to how the players weren't having fun, you know, and how tough the practices were and stuff like that. So, again, Bevel stressed on having more fun, playing more loose, and I think the term he used was playing like you're 10 years old. And the Lions did that on Sunday against the Bears. And, you know, I've mentioned this several times on my Twitter. I don't think they come back to win that game if Matt Patricia was the head coach. After the Stafford pick in the fourth quarter, that's probably, that might have been all she wrote if Matt Patricia was still the head coach. But because Bevel is an interim guy, through one game, Travis, it seemed like they're playing more for Bevel than they ever were for Patricia. And, you know, after getting the win and getting the stop on fourth and short on the Bears in the fourth quarter, you know, you saw the sideline jumping up and down and hugging Bevel and high-fiving each other. I never saw that type of energy from the Lions sideline when Patricia was there throughout the entire um, past three seasons that Patricia was a head coach. So the moral of the story here, Travis, is that Despite this team not being very good and they won't be going anywhere this year unless they somehow squeak themselves into that seventh seed, which I don't see happening. But despite that, I still thought that that was a nice win yesterday for a Lions team that they need to have some good moments. And that was definitely a good moment against the Bears yesterday. First division win for the Lions uh, in two years almost. They, the last time they won a division game was in Green Bay at the end of the 2018 season. The uh, infamous Matt Prater touchdown pass in that one. But no, it was it was nice to just see them get a win against a, div- a divisional opponent, uh, you know, because the, the Bears for the past couple of years, I think you highlighted it. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky looks like a terrible quarterback against 31 teams in the NFL, but when he plays against the Lions, for whatever reason, he tears us apart. And Brady, <laughs> right, and it just, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, it, it is nice to see that the guys are playing with a little more energy, and you know, I, I think you also hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, th- that game would have been over after the Stafford turnover. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guys kept going out there to play, and they they kept just it was just all about finding a way because it, I don't think anybody in that locker room thought they started that game off well when, when they went into halftime and they were down by 10 so mm-hmm. no it was just nice to see them stick with it and not cave because I think we've we, we saw that way too much over especially over the past few weeks you know when the Lions would get down it would get ugly like mm-hmm. case in point Thanksgiving moving forward I mean the Lions have a really tough schedule in December they got to play Tampa Bay they got to play Tennessee they got to play Green Bay and then they got to play Minnesota, a team that got off to a really bad start. Well, they played their way into a playoff spot now, so um, they they definitely have something to play for. And I mean, the Lions still have something to play for. I mean, when you're in the NFL, every game is meaningful to those players. Anyway, looking at the rest of the schedule, those four games, really tough schedule. How many of those games do you think they have to win if in order for Daryl Bevel to come back next season? For Bevel to come back next season, well, first of all, Travis, let me do mention this really quickly. Um, again, despite the fact that the Lions are only one game back of that final wild card spot at the time of recording this, the reason why I still don't think the Lions are going anywhere is because of this schedule. I mean, you mentioned the teams that they play um, next week versus Green Bay. After that, at Tennessee versus Tampa versus Minnesota to close out the year. You get three of four at home, but right now those are four playoff teams so it's definitely a tough tough scratch, uh, schedule to say the least now to answer your question travis about how many games does bevel need to win to keep his job <laughs> i mean maybe all four <laughs> you know i just I, I don't see a scenario in which the lions keep daryl bevel to be the full-time head coach where they take the interim tag off of him i i, I really don't see that if anything, maybe the next guy comes in here and keeps Bevel as his OC or something like that. But even in that case, I'm just not sure if I see that happening. You know, 
Um, but let's say hypothetically something magical happens and the Lions somehow win out here. If Bevel goes 5-0 and as the interim head coach and he beats teams like Green Bay and Tennessee and Tampa and even Minnesota to an extent because they're, as you said, they're kind of in the race right now. <laughs> if he wins all those games, it'd be hard to look at Daryl Bevel and go, yeah, we're going to move on. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I Again, I don't see a scenario which Bevel stays and the interim tag gets taken off of him. But let's say he somehow magically leads his team to 5-0 and here. It, it, I, I guess it would be hard to move on if he somehow managed to do that. Let's talk about Matthew Stafford because I think he was, you know, the the center of what happened yesterday for the Lions. Um, I mean, he had one really costly turnover in the fourth quarter, but outside of that, I mean, I thought he was spectacular. There was one throw he made specifically on that 96-yard touchdown drive. I mean, he threaded the needle. I mean, it was a matter of just like a fingertips Mm -hmm. how how close the throw was, and um, he got it to Danny Amendola while he was – you know, being blanketed in coverage. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Stafford finally just, he looked like the guy we saw during the first eight games of last season before he broke his back. And then he also, I mean, you could even point back to like 2016 and 2017. I thought Stafford was phenomenal yesterday. And I think that's because they opened up the playbook a little bit for him and, you know, let him take more shots down the field which I don't know why they haven't been doing that all season but anyway I guess uh, just your thoughts on Stafford's performance yesterday yeah Stafford was obviously really good yesterday probably his best game of the season and Travis it's just a little ironic isn't it how the first game without Matt Patricia Stafford just completely goes off and not against some bum defense either like the Bears got a really good defense and you know to go into Chicago in the cold it was snowing a little bit yesterday and for Stafford to throw over 400 yards three tees that one interception the one pick was bad but outside of that one mistake you know you mentioned it he was basically flawless yesterday and it, it was just nice to see because, uh, again, he's he struggled this year. There's no denying that he's been flat out bad throughout this entire season outside of a few games like the Washington game and the Atlanta game. But for the most part, he's been pretty rough this year. And to see him have a performance like that against a pretty solid Bears defense on the road, on the road, in the cold, it was it was very nice to see and again it it was it was fun you know the lions when was the last time we could say that we had a fun lions win even though they aren't going anywhere this year when was the last time we could say that they had a fun lions win i guess maybe the atlanta game but even then after that game many people were like well if it wasn't for stafford we don't win that game but now it seems like everyone is on almost the same page where it's like yeah we're not going anywhere but that was still a nice win for Stafford for Bevel and the entire locker room but again Travis talking about Stafford I mean yeah he was fantastic yesterday and as I mentioned already it's just so ironic how he just pops off the first game after Patricia got fired which you did talk about how Bevel kind of opened up the playbook a little bit. Was that because Bevel is trying to play for a job next year? Is it because he's just doing his own thing without Matt Patricia? I think it's a little bit of both, but regardless, it led to a win yesterday. So it's going to be intriguing to see what happens throughout the final four games of the season. Well, Daryl Bevel did mention that, you know, somebody had asked him right after they named him the interim head coach. One of the media members asked him during one of their press conferences, uh, like how much leeway did he have with running the offense? And, you know, he, he just basically said, Patricia, coach Patricia, let me, you know, basically have full reign. But I, I still don't buy that completely because I mean, knowing how Matt Patricia is being, trying to be the smartest guy in the room constantly, even though he's not, um, I, I could see him trying to have his hands on the offense at times, especially Especially like if you look at like the Washington game, you, you were talking about when's the last time we could say we actually had fun watching a Lions game. And even in some of the wins, they weren't fun. Like the Washington game, case in point, I, I could see where, you know, they're up by 21 points and they kind of just go into a shell like we've watched them do in many games 
instances during the Patricia era and just blow leads, huge leads. And I, I think that was Patricia's doing, honestly. We, we'll never be able to tell, but that's my that that is my that's my opinion right there. I, I think in games like that, that was definitely Patricia's doing, wanting to run, run, pass and go into a shell and kill the clock, even though your team clearly can't, you know, do what you want to do in that case where you want to just you want to run out the clock and get first downs on the ground even though your your team can't do it but um no yesterday was it was fun it was fun to see them fight and come back and there's been one guy on the defense this year that i i think has been a lone bright spot and that's romeo aquara and he made a huge play to get the strip sack and which led to the lions taking the lead late in the fourth quarter and um Romeo Aquara, do you think he's a guy that the next general manager and head coach want want to give an extension to? Is he is he going to be part of like the long term plan here for the Lions? Do you think? Um, I mean, he is only twenty five years old. So if the new guy comes in, or the new guys, I should say, if they come in here and they want to keep Romeo Aquara, I mean, I'm all for it because obviously Romeo has been probably the best defensive player on this Lions team this year. Um, you know, um, he's got many sacks in the season. I don't have these exact stats in front of me, but I know it's, it's, I think it's seven, maybe over seven after the Bears game, but it's pretty, pretty high. And, you know, you mentioned he had that big forced fumble strip sack on Mitchell Trubisky yesterday in the fourth quarter that led the Lions to eventually win that football game. So, yeah, Romeo's been really, really good this year. He's been a bright spot on that terrible terrible defense and again he's only 25 years old so if you want to come in here as a new gm and the new head coach and say yeah we could probably keep a along with some of the other younger brighter pieces on that defense um, i'm all for that romeo cora has definitely played his way to staying with this team if that makes sense I, I definitely think Romeo Aquara should be part of the uh, the the plan going forward on that defense. I know mean, a lot of those guys probably won't be on this roster next year, but Which uh, is I a think good thing. correct. Very yeah, no correct. Um, they need a complete overhaul at the interior defensive line position, and they need a complete overhaul. Out. I mean, Jamie Collins has made plays this year, and I think we knew he would make some plays when he came here from New England. But yeah. um, outside of Jamie Collins, that linebacking core is it's got to be the worst in the nfl Um, pretty bad (laughs) no they need a complete overhaul at those two spots and if they can go out and get another pass rusher to put on the other side of that defensive line from aquara i think i think they might be able to go from being putrid to to being okay next year i think i don't think Mm -hmm. like a lot of people are talking about this team being this is going to be a, like a full tear down rebuild and it's going to take years I, I i don't really think this team is that far away i know a lot of people are talking about um moving on from stafford getting a younger quarterback in somebody on a cheaper deal but i i, I see signs from this team and i want to point to one from yesterday i think the lions offensive line they they couldn't run block to save their lives yesterday but i i think they did a, an awesome job protecting matthew stafford and i i think that group uh especially jonah jackson frank Ragnow, and taylor decker i mean i think that's something you can build around right away as well and i mean if they can get deandre swift back they'll be running the ball a lot better and i i just i don't think this team is that far away i really don't i mean i feel like coaching is everything in the nfl because the talent gaps between teams just isn't that big and um no, I, I think if they can get the right guy in here, I don't think this is going to take that be that long of a rebuild. But, um, Tony, I guess just any final thoughts going forward on the season? So, final thoughts going forward with the rest of the season. Um, again, I still don't think this team is really going to go anywhere. So, hey, it's been one game, but that was probably the best win of the season with interim coach Daryl Bevel. So let's let's see where we can go from here. You know, I'm not expecting the Lions to go on some massive winning streak here, but if they can have nice competitive losses against Green Bay and Tennessee and Tampa, um, and they go into that Minnesota game maybe with a bad record, but they're feeling a little bit good about themselves, 
them. I I wouldn't complain about that at all because if the Lions are just kind of rolling over and getting blown out in every game throughout the rest of the season, I I just don't think that's really a good sign for any potential GM and head coach candidates. You know, I don't. It, it, Travis, I'll ask this to you: If you were a GM candidate out there or a head coaching candidate. You have other options out there, and Detroit calls you, and let's say they get blown out in four out of five games for the rest of the season. W- would you want to come here and fix this mess, or would you rather kind of hold your cards, if you will, and try to bank on a better opportunity? Well, I've always been uh, a believer in <laughs> the idea that, you know, people do a double take when they get offered a job for the Detroit Lions because like you know it's like okay this is an opportunity for me to prove that I can be a head coach in this league this is an opportunity for me to prove I can be a general manager for an NFL team and I can do it at a high level but I have to do it in Detroit where nobody's ever done it <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that's always something that people think before they come to Detroit I I, I think it makes the scenario look like I, I, I agree with you. I think it makes the scenario look a lot worse if, you know, if they get their asses kicked in these final four games. And and I, I think that would point to an over like a complete overhaul. Like you, I don't think we'll see Stafford back. I don't think we'll see a lot of these guys back and somebody's going to come in and start fresh if they don't show any life in these final four games. But if Sunday was any indication of what's going to happen for the rest of the season, I, I think they'll be competitive in these games. I don't think they'll, I think they might win one of these final four games, but I, I think they'll be competitive. And that I think that's kind of what's important right now for, yeah. for this team, for Matthew Stafford and for Daryl Bevel. I mean, because like you said, this is an audition right now for him. Mm-hmm. And I think Daryl Bevel's a good guy. And I think whether or not we bring him back next season as the head coach, the offensive coordinator whatever we bring him back as he's going to find another job in this league oh yeah yeah that's someone that um i've seen reports over the last few weeks that you know the reason he got the interim job is because he's really respected inside that um, locker room so that is somebody that the players really like and through one game they have been playing really hard for him so Again, you mentioned it's an audition for Bevel. It's kind of an audition for everybody on this roster because you don't know what the new GM and the new head coach are going to do when they come in here. They could blow it up. They could say, no, we're going to keep this guy and that guy, but everyone else goes. You know, you don't know what they're going to do. So it's kind of an, it's kind of an audition for everybody, and that's going to be kind of interesting to see throughout the final four games of the season. That's Tony Dombrowski. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Dombrowski, covering all things Detroit sports on that Twitter page. Recap videos, rumors, trades, everything. every Anything you want to find about Detroit sports, find Tony Dombrowski on Twitter. And Tony, thanks for joining me. Travis, thanks for having me on, man. It was a good time to be here. Welcome back to Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by The Average Joe for The Average Joe. It's talking all things Detroit sports in this week's episode all things Detroit Lions because I mean what's better than a Detroit Lions victory especially within the division with me right now Jeremy Reisman from the Pride of Detroit you can follow him on Twitter at Detroit on Lion and Jeremy just to get things off here get things going the Lions they get their first division win in almost two years which is it sounds crazy to say but it's the yeah. truth how important was this game for this team and Daryl Bevel I mean I think it was hugely important for Daryl Bevel um to prove to himself, to prove to maybe you know other perspective, G, uh, head coaching jobs available, whatever, um, to to really just take full advantage of your first opportunity, do something that not only Matt Patricia failed to do in, in three years, but you know just two weeks ago this Lions team was shut out by an uh, an okay to bad Panthers defense, and then they go out on the road and, and take it to a, a Bears defense that by all accounts is still pretty darn good uh, hang 34 on them so uh, I think this was a, was a huge game for him I can't tell you necessarily how big it was for the team I mean if, if you want to talk mathematically speaking this team is only a game out of the playoffs which is also kind of insane to think about um, I, do I think they, they really have a legitimate chance at the playoffs probably not but I think for a lot of these guys who probably aren't going to be hanging around this franchise um, much longer given that you know all the changes that are probably upcoming uh, I think it's important to them just to, you know, kind of have that motivation to, to really fight through this last month of the season. Matthew Stafford, I mean, he was amazing outside of a small batch of plays on Sunday. What did you see that was different in his performance compared to the previous few weeks? He just, he honestly just looked more comfortable out there. I don't know if it was a mindset. I don't know if maybe um, him and Bevel 
you know, combine forces to make a game plan that was more suited to him. I mean, the downfield passes alone were, were uh, a nice breath of fresh air. I think he had 17 passes, travel more than 15 yards downfield. Uh, his average air intended yards, which is just basically how far the ball travels uh, on each of his passes, was was over 11. And I think he was averaging under nine for the season. So there was a clear change in, in game plan. It, it, it at least appeared like um, they, they were just taking shots and shots and shots and, and, and Stafford... We, we know we've, we've seen Stafford for 12 years. We know that's the kind of game plan that he loves, that he thrives in, that he has a lot of fun with. And so he was having a lot of fun out there, I think. And and you could just see him. He was in the zone pretty much the entire game, even after that kind of odd interception that he threw. Um, two possessions later, he went 96 yards in two minutes. So uh, I think he was really just kind of locked in. And, and whether that was Bevel, whether that was Stafford getting in the right, right mindset, um, it all just seemed to click. I think there was one play on that 96-yard drive where Stafford, I mean, he absolutely just threaded the needle. He threw it to Danny Amendola. Yeah. I think uh, Trevathan was covering him, and, I mean, he was right on him. He, perfect coverage, but, I mean, just a better throw to beat the good coverage. And, no, Stafford was definitely – he looked like the Stafford we saw last year before he got hurt in, you know, a couple years ago, 2016-2017, Matthew Stafford. It, it was good to see him kind of get some confidence back. Over 400 yards and three touchdowns in Sunday's win against the Chicago Bears. Taking a look at the Lions' backfield, on Johnson, he hardly saw the field on Sunday while Adrian Peterson got in the end zone a couple of times. Do you see him playing in Detroit beyond this year? I mean, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I – it obviously will depend a lot on, on who comes in. I, I can't imagine he's he's going to be a high priority for whoever comes in next. Um, as, as good as Kerryon Johnson's been as a third down back this season, mostly, you know, kind of in that pass blocking role, I think he's, you know, overall probably replaceable, which is unfortunate to say. I mean, this is a guy who, who really in his rookie year and, and, and beyond showed a lot of promise, you know, broke that 100 yard streak that the line, that had been plaguing the Lions running backs for for way too long. Um, but at this point, it just yeah, you saw it on, on Sunday. He's just not a high priority. And when a when a 34, 35 year old, whatever Adrian Peterson is. <laughs> um, uh, when he's out snapping you, with the, when he's out, you know, touching you, all that sort of stuff, it, it, it speaks loudly. And so, obviously, we all know Deshaun, um, Deshaun uh, DeAndre Swift is is the uh, is the future of this franchise. And so, I don't I don't see necessarily a big role for on Johnson. I think maybe they go a younger route, like like they really tried to this offseason, right? They added a couple pieces over the last two years to kind of be that second, third, and fourth guy. And for whatever reason, they didn't end up sticking on the roster. But I think they might go that route again next year. For the most part, the the Lions defense was awful like they have been for most of this year. But one guy stood out to me, and he's been the lone bright spot on this team, Romeo Aquara. I, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made a couple really big plays in Sunday's game, including that uh, the forced fumble, which led to the Lions touchdown, which gave them the lead late in the game. Um, do you think the Lions will seek a long-term deal with Aquara? I think it has to be part of the conversation, right? I mean, there's the 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 defensive roster is just I mean, it's barren, right? For whoever the next general manager is, whoever the next head coach is, there's just just not a lot of weapons in there and if there's one guy that's been giving you kind of like you said a, a consistency week to week, a pass rush that the Lions have been lacking for years now since Ziggy Anto walked out the door, um, it, it's Romeo Aquara and I think I think you can probably still get him at a reasonable price. Hopefully he wants to stick around with his brother. I mean, I think maybe he gives gives the Lions a little hometown discount um, but we'll see I mean uh, again it'll have to line up philosophically with what um, you know the new head coach is going to want but I think he's got pass rushing skills and I think there are probably 32 teams out there that want pass rushing guys on the roster and Okwar is definitely that guy he's not a guy that's you know has a a wide arsenal of of pass rushing moves necessarily but he's a guy that works hard he's a guy that that will come up big I mean we saw it yesterday we've seen it all year he comes up with timely sacks or or strip sacks or whatever it is and uh, I think teams are going to want that and so I think the Lions are definitely going to be in the conversation there as well. And you know for as bad as Bob Quinn has been well you know he's not there anymore but as bad as he was with talent acquisition and you know drafting poorly and just not being able to find the real talent to help this defense out I mean didn't they find Okwara like off a practice squad wasn't that just like a diamond in the rough 
Yeah, I mean, he was barely doing anything over there in New York, and it, it seems it's weird. I feel like if there's one thing that Bob Quinn did well, it's farm the Giants for whatever reason. Like, <laughs> I mean, they got Damon Harrison for a, a season and a half and, and spent a fifth round on him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, basically, you know, I don't I don't know how how many games he played over there with New York, but it was a little bit but he uh, I think he he had one sack in in two seasons over there in New York he's already got um over 15 here in, in Detroit and seven and a half he's half sack away from setting a career high uh here in 2020 so yeah I mean th- there are good things that, that Bob Quinn did and I, I think um O'Quara stands as, as, as maybe one of his better moves so the Lions have a really tough stretch in their final four games. They have Green Bay, they have Tampa Bay, they have the Tennessee Titans, and then they wrap up the season against the Minnesota Vikings, a team that throttled them about a month ago now. Um, what does it take for Bevel to keep his job in Detroit? And realistically, like, what, what do you think their record's going to be when they finish this season? Well, let me answer the second one first, I guess, because I do feel like, you know, rewinding the the clock two days ago, I would have said the Bears are probably this team's best chance to get a win, period. And it took them kind of a miracle to get it. I mean, <laughs> it, they, they, a lot of things had to go right at the end of that game, and, and they all did. Um, so, I mean, I, I if I'm honestly speaking, I think one in three is, is probably the ceiling of this team. I think the the Packers and the Bucks are, are two very, very good teams. The Packers are probably going to hang at least 35 on this defense that still doesn't look any improved, although they played a decent second half uh, against the Bears, but again, Bears offense, not very good. Um, so, I, I I do think, you know, the people kind of clutching to, to playoff hopes. And listen, if the Lions rally off four wins against teams that are currently holding playoff positions, every single one of their four next opponents right now as we speak are in a playoff spot. Uh, if they win all four of those games, then they deserve to get in. Like that's, I mean, that you have to beat good teams to it once you get in the playoffs. So maybe they could even make a splash if they get there. But um, I mean, we would have to see such a huge turnaround on this team. And I don't think we necessarily even saw uh, yesterday against the Bears. The offense was better and, and against a good defense, but the defense is, is going to continue to hold this team back. And it really did the first half of the season, too. The offense wasn't bad under Matt Patricia. It just wasn't necessarily that good. And so um, in order to save his job, I think Daryl Bevel probably has to go 3-1 and one in, and, you know, maybe, maybe even that one coming uh, in that final week because, you know, we, we suddenly maybe even have, you know, meaningful games in December if, 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 if uh, Bevel, you know, rallies off a couple wins here. And, and that, that was the mandate, right? So I don't know if the mandate still holds for him. But uh, if, they, if, they, if they're in the hunt, you know, in that last game or the last two weeks, then, then maybe he gets consideration. I think he probably gets an interview either way. Um, they, they did that with Terrell Austin uh, in their last coaching search. So I think it's more kind of customary than maybe necessarily a serious offer. But, you know, I think I think if they win at least two, maybe three games, he'll get serious consideration. I don't think he wins a job unless he maybe unless he wins out. To be honest, I did just see something at prideofdetroit.com. I'm talking to Jeremy Reisman. He's one of the guys that writes over there for them. You can find him on Twitter at Detroit on Lion. But at prideofdetroit.com, I just saw an article um, that. Sheila Ford and the Fords aren't going to find or they're not going to have a what is it a search firm yeah. to find their next GM and head coach um, how, how significant is that I think it's it's definitely interesting I don't know again significance is kind of yeah an interesting word to use there because I think this, the the most notable things about it is, one, it represents a change in strategy. Um, obviously, they used a search firm to find Bob Quinn, and we all know how that worked out. <laughs> um, so I think I think on that end, it's promising to, to see that kind of Sheila Fordham is, is paving out her own way to, to do things. Um, I would understand a lot of Lions fans that see that, and, and they're suddenly like, wait, they're not seeking out any help? That's that, but that's not what's going on. Like they're just using other um, routes to help. They're, I'm sure they're talking to as many people as possible inside the NFL. And if we're being completely honest, that's essentially what a search firm is. They kind of they do their own research throughout the people in the NFL. I think by skipping on a search firm, the lines are essentially just eliminating the middleman and and doing all that stuff on their own. And you, you hope. I mean, we obviously don't know because they kind of work in the shadows there. But um, you know, you speak to a lot of executives in the NFL, and, and most of them say. 
say those search firms are kind of a joke. They're kind of a waste of money. You can do all that sort of research on your own. And you like to hope that Sheila Ford kind of has, Sheila Ford Hamp has those connections, given that she's kind of been hanging around the organization really since her mother took over about five, six years ago. So um, in, in the end, I don't think it's anything to necessarily be concerned about, but it certainly is notable, especially considering um, it's not how the lines have operated in the past. That's Jeremy Reisman. You can find all of his work at prideofdetroit.com, and they also do a podcast, the POD Cast. I highly re- recommend you check that out. Um, thank you, thank you again, Jeremy, for uh, joining me here today. And. Uh Go Lions, I guess, right? <laughs> Sounds good, Travis. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Welcome back to Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by The Average Joe. For The Average Joe's talking all things Detroit sports, Michigan and Michigan State sports included. But this week, a little bit different. I'm talking all about the Detroit Lions. Yes, they got a big win on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Daryl Bevel, 1-0 as the interim head coach for the Detroit Lions. And with me right now, Logan Lamarandier. You can find him on Twitter, at L Lamarandier. He's on Sports Illustrated covering all things Detroit Lions. And Logan, first of all, I just want to get, I just want to know what you make of Daryl Bevel's first 10 days as the head coach for the Lions. Yeah, and what you can gather, it looks like, you know, they're a little bit more aggressive. I think it's pretty obvious, too, just in terms of Matthew Stafford's average yards per attempt that he was throwing the ball quite a bit down the field, and they're just letting him loose. And it was the first 400-yard game since uh, his last game last year against the Raiders, and he just hadn't seen much of that this year. So I think the offense looks a little bit more aggressive, which is nice. Uh, and then... You know, the energy, that's a really difficult thing to kind of gauge, but uh, I I know there's a lot out there that's saying it just looked like the players are playing differently or maybe they're having a little bit more fun. I don't know how much I can really go into that, but I I did did feel like there was a little bit more of juice, I guess, that the players had. But that's, again, maybe that's just because they're winning and, you know, things were new and they got a fresh start. Right. And I think Matthew Stafford reiterated it enough after uh, Patricia got farty. He, he kept saying over and over again in that media session, you know, winning's fun. That That's the fun part about this game. Winning's fun. And it's always good to get a come from behind win against a divisional opponent, a team you haven't beaten over two years. I mean, they haven't gotten a division win in almost two years now. So that was it was just nice to see them get a win against somebody within the NFC North. And going back to what you were just talking about, the play calling, I mean, being a little more aggressive Stafford just throwing the ball down the field a little bit more um Daryl Bevel made it pretty clear for, for the most part after Patricia got fired that he his hands were on the offense as far Daryl Bevel's hands were on the offense I mean is this a sign that maybe Patricia had a little bit to do with the play calling over the past few weeks before he got fired it could, and you know, anytime you're a head coach, you know, Matt Matt Patricia was a defensive-minded head coach, and Daryl Bevel came in with plenty of experience, and you'd hope that you know Matt Patricia would kind of understand that he isn't an offensive genius, and let alone a defensive genius, even though he's given <laughs> that label. Um, but I just think that you know Daryl Bevel, um, he. Even when he was with the Vikings and Seattle, he had really strong run games because he had great running backs. But at the same time, he liked to chuck the ball deep uh, when the opportunity presented himself. And um, I, you, you have to imagine that the philosophies of Patricia were somewhat ingrained in Bevel. Maybe they they did scheme up and kind of go over what plays they wanted to run and make sure to establish the football and you know in certain situations what approach they wanted to take but it sure just seemed like bevel maybe he was overcompensating this week a little bit uh for (laughs) what he didn't do in the first you know 11 weeks of the season whatever it is so i i i do think patricia had a had some sort of word i just don't know how much really Logan Lamarandier on Gibbs Knows Best right now. Like I said, you can follow him on Twitter, at L. Lamarandier. And, Logan, I'm looking at uh, an article you have up at SI.com right now about TJ Hawkinson setting a franchise record, well, potentially able to set a franchise record in receiving yards this year by Alliance tight end. What are some of the things you were seeing from him that's helped him make this kind of leap in year two? I think a lot of it is just targets and staying healthy. Uh, last year, you know, he had Galladay was healthy all year. Marvin Jones was healthy majority of the year. Um, 
and this year has just been a little bit different with injuries and Hawkinson you know tight ends a notorious position that takes a while to learn and I think Hawkinson is coming along nice but I still think he's the biggest mismatch the Lions have on that offensive um, you know they have some weapons but in terms of getting separation and him matched up against a linebacker I, I always like I'd always go to TJ Hawkins, so I do think that it's getting more targets. I think he'd even have more targets, honestly. I, th- I think he should be a true focal point of the offense, but uh, even his his run blocking has gotten better. It's improved. I know he was heralded as one of the best run blocking tight ends to come out in the draft in a while, and that's one of the reasons why he was selected so high, because he was a complete tight end, and I think he's gotten stronger, and he's just looked better in that regard as well, so he's just a complete tight end, and if when you don't have to take him off the field ever, and he can just continue playing, he's going to get his opportunities, and I think we've seen him come down with a little more difficult catches this year. There was opportunities he had last year where the ball would hit his hands or his uh, you know tough catches in traffic, and he couldn't come down with them, but I really think he's just getting open now, and he's He's making difficult catches when he needs to, so it's it's a good sign of progression. And you know, anytime you're leading the fan vote for Pro Bowls, I know it's a popularity contest, but if you look at the NFC, he's the leader in a lot of the major categories. You know, receiving yards, receptions, uh, tied for second in touchdowns, first for yards after the catch. There's just a lot going on, a lot that's good with him. So it's encouraging. You know, I I I like this Lions offense a lot, honestly, and I. I I know things are probably going to change next year. I don't, I don't really know. Nobody knows if Stafford's going to be gone or not next season, but I really do like a lot of the pieces that they have on this offense. You look at TJ Hawkinson at tight end. You just mentioned he's you think he's the biggest mismatch they have on their offense. I mean, DeAndre Swift has shown us signs of just being this explosive back that we haven't had in so long. And Kenny Galladay, I mean, a guy that can go up and get a jump ball against some of the best corners in the league. And I mean, I I know some people talk about his inability to separate from coverage sometimes, but Kenny Galladay, I, I firmly believe he's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And then you look at some of the younger pieces they have on their offensive line, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, and Taylor Decker. I mean, do you think even if changes are made next year, they they try to keep a lot of these guys together on the offense? I do, and the receiving core is obviously going to be the big the big question mark just because they're all free agents and Kenny Galladay it kind of depends what the new GM thinks of him or just how they want to allocate their cap resources on if they believe that wide receiver is a position that they need to shell out a lot of money to and they're gonna have to completely rebuild that uh, cast of receivers if they (laughs) if they don't bring back Galladay but Stafford to me I think I think if you know I'm giving like a 60 40 I, th- I believe 60 percent that he'll be back but I do think there is a chance that he could be gone it just really all depends on the new GM kind of what what they feel like the timeline is to win again if they think they're gonna have to go through a full rebuild and uh, Sheila Fort Hamp gives that go ahead in the green light to have a few years to rebuild and maybe they decide to try to trade staff and get as many picks as they can and um, you know worry about a quarterback down the line at some point during the rebuild so I I think the offense, it can be good with the players that they currently have. They just uh, might need a few t- tweaks here and there, and definitely they got to do something about the defense. <laughs> so Jeremy Reisman, a guy I had on the podcast with me earlier today, he covers all things at Pride of Detroit, and he put out a really interesting tweet saying the Lions are in such a weird spot because, you know, as a writer, and I mean, Logan, you can probably agree with this in a way that the Lions are in such a weird spot right now that, you know, we could potentially be talking about a full-blown rebuild. We could be talking about, you know, Daryl Bevel's success and potential playoffs. I mean, the Lions have a really awful stretch of games to end the season here and how many of these final four games do you see them winning are the playoffs a real possibility to you no uh, unfortunately <laughs> not <laughs> all right hey i appreciate the honesty okay keep going <laughs> uh yeah i mean it'd be great if something did happen but i'm just not expecting it whatsoever you know this bears team wasn't a good team they've lost six straight now and uh, you just look at how close that game was the teams that they're going to be facing the next four 
you know, they're really good teams, and uh, Minnesota's probably the, I guess, relatively the easiest of them all, and they're really good and have Dalvin Cook, who has the Lions can't stop the run, and we already saw how that played out uh, a few weeks ago when the Lions played the Vikings, so I'm not... I don't know. I, I can't get on board to say that they're going to make the playoffs, and I'm, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but it is a weird, very, very weird time, as, as Jeremy said, where you just don't know what the new GM, what the mindset's going to be on how quickly they think they can get things turned around. But that defense is, I, I do think that's going to take a while because they need pieces just about everywhere. Yeah, they, I think the biggest issue on defense is they they don't have – any elite talent on that defense i think trey flowers is a good piece i i think you know i I a lot of people have checked out on jeff okuda because he struggled in year one but cornerback has been proven to be such a hard position to to grasp in the nfl despite everybody you know praising okuda in the draft saying he was like one of the most nfl ready prospects coming out of college and i i i there's nothing really there. You're right. I mean, the, the linebacking core is awful. Um, their interior defensive line depth, depth is terrible, and they don't have anybody that can get after the quarterback consistently. Romeo Aquara is one guy that does stick out to me on this defense. He's been one of the lone bright spots in that group. Do you think whoever comes in as the next GM will give this guy an extension? It, again, it all depends on what defense they want to run because Patricia is running this – hybrid defense that not many others utilize so Aquara I think he's more that prototypical 4-3 defensive end if a new uh, head coach wants to run a 3-4 scheme I don't really think Aquara is necessarily a great fit for that and someone out there will probably pay him more and uh, as much as Aquara he's been playing great this year he's been really good on third downs which has been nice because he's the one getting to the quarterback when the Lions need it the most but again he I think he is somewhat limited I I don't think he's ever going to be a super high volume sack guy so it's just you wonder where exactly his price point is going to be on the open market so i i'm all for bringing back good players and the lions don't have a ton of them on defense but again it, it all goes to goes back to what his price tag is going to be and if he fits the scheme and i know we briefly talked about it last week you know what kind of head coach do you want to see come in here and be the next guy in detroit and i think you and i both agreed we want to see more of an offensive minded coach come in i guess if you had to pick one guy to be the the next head coach of the detroit lions who would you pick who would be your your dream coach in detroit <laughs> so I've been getting that question all the time. And for, for head coach, I'm still not just convinced of really one's sole individual yet. There's, um, I, I have a lot of homework to do and I really struggle. I know some people can just get on a train of, you know, Robert Sala, he's the guy, like no matter what. <laughs> but I, I don't understand where that always comes from because uh, you don't know the dynamics of head coaches or coordinators and how much decisions they have. It's, it's really tough just to gauge where they're at and how good of a head coach they'll be. Um, so like a guy like Joe Brady, I know he's very new um, to his offensive coordinator role with the Panthers, but I would like to have you know just a little bit creativity and maybe a new style of offense a little bit, one that uh, emphasizes passing the ball, you know, pass to set up the run um, and, and all that. So I I don't really know. I, I don't feel comfortable giving a name out yet because I know everyone's like, remember that one time you said you wanted so-and-so and then they'd never <laughs> forget it. So I'm not even putting the names out there yet. <laughs> fair enough. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Logan, thanks for joining me again. Again, Logan Lammerdeer joining me here on Gibbs Knows Best. That's at L Lammerdeer on Twitter. And then he covers everything Detroit Lions at sportsillustrated.com. Awesome piece up on TJ Hawkinson potentially making franchise history for the Lions in year two of his campaign and um, Logan thanks again thanks Travis yep talk soon